Welcome to the Faith Comes From Hearing podcast. This podcast will be a sharing of part of my morning routine as I prepare for the day with the Word of God. We will be partaking of Puritan prayers from the Valley of Vision, each day's morning devotional from Charles Haddon Spurgeon's Morning and Evening, and we'll be reading from the Legacy Standard Bible, which is the newest and, I believe, the most accurate translation of the Word of God. We will be following a Bible reading calendar that provides for reading the whole Bible in a year that was created by Minister Robert Murray McShane for his congregation back in 1842, and that has been a part of my daily reading for over six years now. Good morning and welcome to the Saturday, May 20th episode of the Faith Comes From Hearing podcast. I'm Wayne Floyd, your host. Faith Comes From Hearing podcast is a humble member of the Christian podcast community. You can find us over at christianpodcastcommunity.org. A lot of great listening over there is definitely worth your while. I want to continue to point you at the final link in our show notes. It is for the Vail Valley Baptist Church Give, Send, Go campaign. We are striving to rapidly pay off our mortgage so that we can shift gears and commence establishment of a Christian classic education-based school uh, to provide a trustworthy alternative within our uh, community. So go ahead and click on the link. Uh, It'll give you a much more thorough description than I just have. And then we would ask three things of you. We'd ask for you to pray for us. We'd ask you to prayerfully consider giving to us. And then we would ask you to pass the link along so that others can do the same. All right, well, with it being the weekend, we're only going to be doing our Bible reading for the day, but we'll do that in our uh, devotionals and our prayers. So let's go ahead and open up with the seventh day morning prayer. It's called God's Good Pleasure. Let's pray. Sovereign Lord, thy will is supreme in heaven and earth, and all beings are creatures of thy power. Thou art the father of our spirits. Thy inspiration gives us understanding. Thy providence governs our lives. But, O God, we are sinners in thy sight. Thou hast judged us so, and if we deny it, we make thee a liar. Yet in Christ thou art reconciled to thy rebellious subjects. Give us the ear of faith to hear him, the eye of faith to see him, the hand of faith to receive him, the appetite of faith to feed upon him, that we might find in him light, riches, honor, eternal life. Thou art the inviting one, may we hearken to thee. The Almighty Instructor, teach us to live to thee, the light dweller, inaccessible to man and angels hiding thyself behind the elements of creation, but known to us in Jesus. Possess our minds with the grandeur of thy perfections. Thy love to us in Jesus is firm and changeless. Nothing can separate us from it, and in the enjoyment of it nothing can make us miserable. Preserve us from hypocrisy and formality in religion. Enable us to remember what thou art and what we are, to recall thy holiness and our unworthiness. Help us to approach thee clothed with humility, for vanity, forwardness, insensibility, disorderly affection, backwardness to duty, proneness to evil are in our hearts. Let us never forget thy patience, wisdom, power, faithfulness, care, and never cease to respond to thy invitations. Amen. All right, now May 20th morning devotion from Spurgeon's Morning and Evening. The text for it is from Psalm 17:7, Marvelous Loving Kindness. When we give our hearts with our alms, we give well, but we we must often plead to a failure in this respect. Not so our Master and our Lord. His favors are always performed with the love of his heart. He does not send to us the cold meat and the broken pieces from the table of his luxury. But he dips our morsel in his own dish, and seasons our provisions with the spices of his fragrant affections. When he puts the golden tokens of his grace into our palms, he accompanies the gift with such a warm pressure of our hand that the manner of his giving is as precious as the boon itself. He will come into our houses, 
upon his errand of errands of kindness, and he will not act as some austere visitor. I'm sorry, as some austere visitors do in the poor man's cottage. But he sits by our side, not despising our poverty, nor blaming our weakness. Beloved, with what smiles does he speak? What golden sentences drop from his gracious lips? What embraces of affection does he bestow upon us? If he had but given us farthings, the way of his giving would have gilded them. But as it is, the costly alms are set in a golden basket by his pleasant carriage. It is impossible to doubt the sincerity of his charity, for there is a bleeding heart stamped upon the faces of all his benefactions. He giveth liberally and abradeth not, not one hint that we are burdensome to him, not one cold look for his poor pensioners, but he rejoices in his mercy and presses us to his bosom, while he is pouring out his life for us. There is a fragrance in his spikenard which nothing but his heart could produce. There is a sweetness in his honeycomb which could not be in it unless the very essence of his soul's affection had been mingled with it. Oh, the rare communion which, which such singular heartiness affecteth! May we continually taste and know the blessedness of it. All right, and now our reading for the day, and we're going to be reading First Samuel 26, 27, 28, uh, the first 54 vis verses of John 11, um, Psalm 117, and Proverbs 15, verses 22 and 23. So First Samuel 26. Oh, sorry, let me move my mouse there. Hear the word of the Lord. Then the Ziphites came to Saul at Jabeah, saying, Is not David hiding on the hill of Hachilah, which is before Jeshimon? So Saul arose and went down to the wilderness of Ziph, having with him three thousand chosen men of Israel to search for David in the wilderness of Ziph. And Saul camped in the hill of Hachilah, which is before Jeshimon, beside the road. Now David was staying in the wilderness, and he saw that Saul came after him into the wilderness. So David sent out spies and knew that Paul was certainly coming. David then arose and came to the place where Saul had camped. And David saw the place where Saul lay, as well as Abner the son of Ner, the commander of his army. And Saul was lying in the circle of the camp, and the people were camped around him. Then David answered and said to Ahimelech the Hittite, and to Abishai the son of Zeruiah, Joab's brother, saying, Who will go down with me to Saul in the camp? And Abishai said, I will go down with you. So David and Abishai came to the people by night, and behold, Saul lay sleeping inside the circle of the camp, with his spear stuck in the ground at his head. And Abner and the people were lying around him. Then Abishai said to David, Today God has surrendered your enemy into your hand. So now please let me strike him with the spear to the ground with one stroke, and I will not strike him the second time. But David said to Abishai, Do not destroy him, for who can send forth his hand against the anointed of Yahweh and be without guilt? David also said, As Yahweh lives, surely Yahweh will smite him, or his day will come that he dies, or he will go down into battle and be swept away. Yahweh forbid that I should send forth my hand against the anointed of Yahweh. But now please take the spear that is at his head and the jug of water and let us go. So David took the spear and the jug of water from beside Saul's head, and they went away. But no one saw or knew it, nor did any awake, for they were all asleep, because a sound sleep from Yahweh had fallen on them. Then David crossed over to the other side and stood on top of the mountain at a distance with a large area between them. And David called to the people and to Abner the son of Ner, saying, Will you not answer, Abner? Then Abner answered and said, Who are you who calls to the king? So David said to Abner, Are you not a man? And who is like you in Israel? Why then have you not guarded your lord the king? For one of the people came to destroy the king your lord. 
This thing that you have done is not good. As Yahweh lives, all of you must surely die because you did not keep watch over your Lord, the anointed of Yahweh. So now see where the king's spear is and the jug of water that was at his head. Then Saul recognized David, David's voice and said, Is this your voice, my son David? And David said, It is my voice, my lord the king. He also said, Why then is my lord pursuing his servant? For, for what have I done, or what evil is in my hand? So now please let my lord the king listen to the words of his servant. If Yahweh has incited you up against me, let him accept an offering. But if it is men, cursed, cursed are they before Yahweh. For they have driven me out today, so that I would have no attachment with the inheritance of Yahweh, saying, Go, serve other gods. So now do not let my blood fall to the ground away from the presence of Yahweh. For the king of Israel has come out to search for a single flea, just as one pursues a partridge in the mountains. Then Saul said, I have sinned. Return, my son David, for I will not harm you again, but because my life was precious in your sight this day. Behold, I have played the fool and have committed a serious error. And David replied, Behold the spear of the king. Now let one of the young men come over and take it. Now Yahweh will repay each man for his righteousness and his faithfulness. For Yahweh gave you into my hand today, but I was not willing to send forth my hand against the anointed of Yahweh. Now behold, as your life was highly valued in my sight this day, so may my life be highly valued in the sight of Yahweh, and may he deliver me from all distress. Then Saul said to David, Blessed are you, my son David. You will both accomplish much and surely prevail. So David went on his way, and Saul returned to his place. 1 Samuel 27 Then David said in his heart, Now I will be swept away one day by the hand of Saul. There is nothing better for me than that I should utterly escape into the land of the Philistines. Saul then, Saul then will despair of searching for me any more in all the territory of Israel, and I will escape from his hand. So David arose and crossed over, he and the six hundred men who were with him, to Achish, the son of Maok, king of Gath. And David lived with Achish at Gath, he and his men, each with his household, even David with his two wives, Ahinoam the Jezreelitess, and Abigail the Carmelitess, Nabal, Nabal's, Nabal's wife. And it was told to Saul that David had fled to Gath, so he no longer searched for him. Then David said to Achish, if now I have found favor in your sight, let them give me a place in one of the cities in the country, that I may live there, for they should for why should your servant live in the royal city with you? So Achish gave him Ziklag that day, therefore Ziklag was has belonged to the kings of Judah to this day. And the number of days that David lived in the country of the Philistines was a year and four months. Now David and his men went up and raided the the Jeshurites and the Gerzites and the Amalekites, for they were the inhabitants of the land from ancient times, as you come to Shur, even as far as the land of Egypt. And David struck the land and did not leave a man or a woman alive. And he took away the sheep, the cattle, the donkeys, the camels, and the clothing. Then he returned and came to Achish. And Achish said, Where have you made a raid today? And David said, Against the Negev of Judah, and against the Negev of the Jer Jeremelites, and against the Negev of the Kenites. And David did not leave a man or a woman alive to bring to Gath, saying, Lest they tell us, excuse me, lest they tell about us, saying, So has David done, and so has been his custom all the times he has lived in the country of the Philistines. So Achish believed David, saying, He has surely made himself odious among his people Israel. Therefore he will become my servant forever. 1 Samuel 28. Now it happened in those days that the Philistines gathered their armed camps for war to fight against Israel. And Achish said to David, 
Know assuredly that you will go out with me in the camp, you and your men. And David said to Achish, Very well, you shall know what your servant can do. So Achish said to David, Very well, I will make you my bodyguard for life. Now Samuel was dead, and all Israel had lamented for him, and buried him in Ramah, his own city. And Saul had removed from the land those who were mediums and spiritists. So the Philistines gathered together and came and camped in Shunem. And Saul gathered all Israel together, and they camped in Gilboa. Saul saw the camp of the Philistines and was afraid, and his heart trembled greatly. So Saul asked of Yahweh, but Yahweh did not answer him, either by dreams or by Urim or by prophets. So Saul said to his servants, Seek for me a woman who is a medium, that I may go to her and inquire of her. And his servants said to him, Behold, there is a woman who is a medium at Endor. Then Saul disguised himself and put on other clothes, and he went, he and two men with him. And they came to the woman by night, and he said, Divine for me, please, and bring up for me whom I shall say to you. But the woman said to him, Behold, you know what Saul has done, how he has cut off those who are mediums and spiritists from the land. Why are you then laying a snare for my life to bring about my death? Then Saul swore to her by Yahweh, saying, As Yahweh lives, no punishment shall come upon you for this thing. Then the woman said, Whom shall I bring up for you? And he said, Bring up Samuel for me. And the woman saw Samuel and cried out with a loud voice. And the woman spoke to Saul, saying, Why have you deceived me? For you are Saul. And the king said to her, Do not be afraid, but what do you see? And the woman said to Saul, I see a divine being coming up out of the earth. And he said to her, What is his form? And she said, An old man is coming up, and he is wrapped with a robe. And Saul knew that it was Samuel. And he bowed with his face to the ground and prostrated himself. Then Samuel said to Saul, Why have you disturbed me by bringing me up? And Saul answered, I am greatly distressed, for the Philistines are waging war against me, and God has turned away from me, and no longer answers me, either by the hand of the prophets or by dreams. Therefore I have called you, that you may make known to me what I should do. And Samuel said, Why then do you ask me, since Yahweh has turned away from you and has become your adversary? So Yahweh has done accordingly as he spoke by my hand. For Yahweh has torn the kingdom out of your hand and given it to your neighbor, to David. As you did not listen to the voice of Yahweh and did not execute his burning anger on Amalek, so Yahweh has done this thing to you this day. Moreover, Yahweh will also give over Israel along with you into the hands of the Philistines. Therefore tomorrow you and your sons will be with me. Indeed, Yahweh will give over the camp of Israel into the hands of the Philistines. Then Saul quickly fell full length upon the ground and was very afraid because of the words of Samuel. Also, there was no strength in him, for he had not eaten, for, I'm sorry, for he had eaten no food all day and all night. And the woman came to Saul and saw that he was terrified and said to him, Behold, your servant woman has listened to your voice, and I have taken my life in my hand and have listened to your words which you spoke to me. So now also please listen to the voice of your servant woman, and let me set a piece of bread before you that you may eat and have strength when you go on your way. But he refused and said, I will not eat. However, his servants together with the woman urged him, and he listened to them. So he arose from the ground and sat on the bed. And the woman had a fattened calf in the house, and she quickly sacrificed it. And she took flour, kneaded it, and baked unleavened bread from it. And she brought it before Saul and his servants, and they ate. Then they arose and went away that night. John 11, uh, verses 1 through 54. Yeah, 54. All right. Now a certain man was sick, Lazarus from Bethany, the village of Mary and her sister Martha. 
and it was the Mary who anointed the Lord with perfume and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was sick. So the sisters sent to him, saying, Lord, behold, he whom you love is sick. But when Jesus heard this, he said, The sickness is not to end in death, but is for the glory of God, so that the Son of God may be glorified by it. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. Lazarus. So when he heard that he was sick, he then stayed two days in the place where he was. Then after this he said to the disciples, Let us go to Judea again. The disciples said to him, Rabbi, the Jews were just now seeking to stone you, and are you going there again? Jesus answered, Are there not twelve hours in the day? If anyone walks in the day, he does not stumble, because he sees the light of this world. But if anyone walks in the night, he stumbles, because the light is not in him. He said these things, and after that he said to them, Our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I go so that I may awaken him. The disciples then said to him, Lord, if he has fallen asleep, he will be saved from his sickness. Now Jesus had spoken of his death, but they thought that, thought that he was speaking of actual sleep. So Jesus then said to them plainly, Lazarus is dead, and I am glad for your sakes that I was not there, so that you may believe, but let us, but let us go to him. Therefore Thomas, who is called Didymus, said to his fellow disciples, Let us also go, that we may die with him. So when Jesus came, he found that he had already been in the tomb four days. Now Bethany was near Jerusalem, about fifteen stadia away, and many of the Jews had come to Martha and Mary to console them about their brother. Martha, therefore, when she heard that Jesus was coming, went to meet him, but Mary was sitting in the house. Martha then said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now I know that whatever you ask from God, God will give you. Jesus said to her, Your brother will rise again. Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection on the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will live even if he dies. And everyone who lives and believes in me will never die, ever. Do you believe this? She said to him, Yes, Lord, I have believed that you are the Christ, the Son of God, the one who comes into the world. And when she had said this, she went away and called Mary, her sister, saying secretly, The teacher is here and calling for you. And when she heard it, she got up quickly and was coming to him. Now Jesus had not yet come into the village, but was still in the place where Martha met him. Then the Jews, who were with her in the house and consoling her, when they saw that Mary rose up quickly and went out, they followed her, thinking that she was going to the tomb to cry there. Therefore, when Mary came where Jesus was, she saw him and fell at his feet, saying to him, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. When Jesus therefore saw her crying, and the Jews who came with her also crying, he was deeply moved in spirit, and was troubled, and said, Where have you laid him? They said to him, Lord, come and see. Jesus wept. So the Jews were saying, See how he loved him? But some of them said, Could not this man who opened the eyes of the blind man have kept this man also from dying? So Jesus again, being deeply moved within, came to the tomb. Now it was a cave, and a stone was lying against it. Jesus said, Remove the stone. Martha, the sister of the deceased, said to him, Lord, by this time he smells, for he has been dead four days. Jesus said to her, Did I not say to you that if you believe, you will see the glory of God? So they removed the stone. Then Jesus raised his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me, and I knew that you always hear me. But because of the crowd standing around, I said this, so that they may believe that you sent me. And when he had said these things, he cried out with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. The man who had died came forth, bound hand and foot with wrappings, and his face was wrapped around with a cloth. 
Jesus said to them, Unbind him and let him go. Therefore many of the Jews who came to Mary and saw what he had done believed in him. But some of them went to the Pharisees and told them the things which Jesus had done. Therefore the chief priests and the Pharisees gathered the Sanhedrin together and were saying, What are we doing? For this man is doing many signs. If we let him go on like this, all will believe in him, and the Romans will come and take away both our place and our nation. But one of them, Caiaphas, who was high priest that year, said to them, You know nothing at all, nor do you take into account that it is better for you that one man should die for the people and that the whole, and that the whole nation not perish. Now he did not say this from himself, but being high priest that year, he prophesied that Jesus was going to die for the nation, and not for the nation only, but in order that he might also gather together into one the children of God who are scattered abroad. So from that day on, they planned together to kill him. Therefore Jesus no longer continued to walk openly among the Jews, but went away from there to the region near the wilderness, into a city called Ephraim, and there he stayed with the disciples. All right, Psalm 117. Praise Yahweh, all nations. Laud him, all peoples. For his loving kindness prevails over us, and the truth of Yahweh is everlasting. Praise Yah. And Proverbs 15, verses 22 and 23. Without consultation, plans are frustrated, but with many counselors, they succeed. A man has gladness in an apt answer, and how good is a timely word. All right, well, that is our reading for the day for Saturday, May 20th. Let's go ahead and do our evening devotion. Uh, the text for it is from Hosea 11:14. I drew them with cords of a man, with bands of love. Our Heavenly Father often draws us with the cords of love, but ah, how backward we are to run towards Him. How slowly do we respond to His gentle impulses. He draws us to exercise a more simple faith in Him, but we have not yet attained to Abraham's confidence. We do not leave our worldly cares with God, but like Martha, we cumber ourselves with much serving. Our meager faith brings leanness into our souls. We do not open our mouths wide, though God has promised to fill them. Does he not this evening draw us to trust him? Can we not hear him say, Come, my child, and trust me. The veil is rent. Enter into my presence and approach boldly to the throne of my grace. I am worthy of thy fullest confidence. Cast thy cares on me. Shake thyself from the dust of thy cares and put on thy beautiful garments of joy. But alas, though called with tons of joy, I'm sorry, though called with tones of joy to the blessed exercise of this comforting grace, we will not come. At another time he draws us to close, closer communion with himself. We have been sitting on the doorstep of God's house, and he bids us advance into the banqueting hall and sup with him. But we decline the honor. There are secret rooms not yet open to us. Jesus invites us to enter them, but we hold back. Shame on our cold hearts. We are but poor lovers of our sweet Lord Jesus, not fit to be his servants, much less to be his brides. And yet he hath exalted us to be bone of his bone and flesh of his flesh, married to him by a glorious marriage covenant. Herein is love, but it is love which takes no desire, denial. Sorry, If we obey not the gentle drawings of his love, he will send affliction to drive us into closer intimacy with himself. Have us nearer, he will. What foolish children we are to refuse those bands of love and so bring upon our backs that scourge of small cords which Jesus knows how to use. All right, well, that is our reading for the day. 
Um, I thank you for spending this time with me. I hope it continues to keep you saturated in the word of God. Um, I hope you have a wonderful day. I'll continue to implore you to do all that you do for the glory of God. Um, I, I hope you have great um, plans for this weekend. If your plans for this weekend do not include worshiping with the saints, change them. Worshiping with the saints is a command, not a, not a request. So change them. All right. Well, again, I hope you have a great day. Let's go ahead and close out with prayer. We'll go ahead and use the Lord's Day Eve prayer to close out with. Let's pray. God of the passing hour, another week has gone and I have been preserved and my going out and my coming in. Thine has been the vigilance that has turned threatened evils aside. Thine the supplies that has that have nourished me. Thine the comforts that have indulged me. Thine the relations and friends that have delighted me. Thine the means of grace which have edified me. Thine the book which amidst all my enjoyments has told me that this is not my rest. That in all successes one thing alone is needful, to love my Savior. Nothing can equal the number of thy mercies, but my imperfections and sins. These, O God, I will neither conceal nor palliate, but confess with a broken heart. In what condition would secret reviews of my life leave me, were it not for the assurance that with thee there is plenteous redemption, that thou art a forgiving God, that thou mayest be feared? While I hope for pardon through the blood of the cross, I pray to be clothed with humility, to be quickened in thy way, to be more devoted to thee, to keep the end of my life in view, to be cured of the folly of delay and indecision, to know how frail I am, to number my days and apply my heart unto wisdom. Amen. All right, again, I hope you have a great day and I hope to see you tomorrow morning. Have a good one. God bless. Mm -hmm.